welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We're going to continue our He Is series today. And I'm going to talk for a little bit here on Emmanuel. God is with us. And I, I know what it's like in life to really feel like, you know, it's like, we know, I know Jen, he's, God is with me, great, I know that. And it's, it's amazing how, can we shut those doors? <laughs> Yay, we can just like, all <laughs> we love kids. We do love kids. I want, <laughs> I was going to share a story about kids, but it's good. And um, <laughs> it's good. But we're going to continue our series on Emmanuel, God with us. But, you know, we all know what it's like to go through life, and it's just like you feel like some days, right, Amanda, you just feel like you're faking it till you make it, but it's just like, God, I just need to see that you're here with me, you know. But he sends his word, and he reminds us that I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I want to start this morning. I sent this to Hank and Monica this week. I want to start this morning by reading who God is in every book of the Bible. Have you ever done that? Just looked who God is in every book of the Bible, just to stir up your faith this morning. In Genesis, Jesus is the ram at Abraham's altar. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Numbers, he's the cloud by day, and he's the pillar by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the city of our refuge. In Joshua, he's the scarlet thread out by Rahab's window. And you know something about Rahab? You know that she was a harlot? Do you know that woman was mentioned in Hebrews 11 with all the heroes of faith? In Joshua, he's a scarlet thread out of, by Rahab's window. In Judges, he's our judge. In Ruth, he's our amazing kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In First and Second Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra, he's our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of everything that is broken. And if you're in a season of brokenness, I want to prophesy to you today like I did to someone else two weeks ago, where it says in the world, I will rebuild you and you shall be rebuilt in Jesus' name. In Esther, he's Mordecai sitting at the gate. In Job, he's our redeemer that ever lives, guys. In Psalms, he is my shepherd, and I shall not want. We heard that last week. He's our shepherd. Thank you, Jesus, for always leading us and guiding us. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he's our beautiful bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's our suffering servant. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, it's Jesus that is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the midst of the fiery furnace. And that's another word for some of you in here. You might be going through the fire and it might be feeling hotter than hell. And yes, I said hotter than hell. It might be feeling like that, but the word of God says, and though you will go through the fire, you will not be burned. I was reading in Daniel this week. Do you know what they did in the story of Daniel? If you haven't read that, I want to remind you, Nebuchadnezzar, he turned the fire up hotter. He turned it a potter. They throw the guys in, and he's like, who is the fourth man in the fire? He was the son of God. And you know what? Not only did they not die in that fire, but they came out without being singed and without smelling like smoke. Amen. The word of the Lord to you today. You might be going through fire. 
You might feel like you're just up in flames, but you're going to come through the fire and you're not going to smell like smoke. You're going to come through better than ever refined in Jesus' name. In Hosea, he's my love that is forever faithful. In Joel, he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. In Amos, guys, he is our burden bearer. We do not have to bear our burdens, but he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's our savior. In Jonah, he's the great foreign missionary. In Micah, he's the missionary with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger. In Habakkuk, he's the watchman that is ever praying for revival. Thank God for the watchmen on the walls that are praying. In Zephaniah, he's the Lord who's mighty to save. It says in Zephaniah that the Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty and he will rejoice over you with joy. That's what the scripture says. In, in, in Haggai, he's our restorer of our lost heritage. In Zechariah, he's our fountain. In Malachi, Adrian, he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. In Mark, he is our miracle worker. In Luke, he is the son of man. In John, he is the door by which every one of us must enter. In Acts, Cameron, he's the shining light that appears to Saul on the road to Damascus. In Romans, Natalie, he is our justifier. In 1 Corinthians, JJ, he is your resurrection. In 2 Corinthians, he is our sin bearer. In Galatians, he redeems us from the law. In Ephesians, he's our unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he supplies our every need. In Colossians, he has the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, he is our soon and coming king. In 1 and 2 Timothy, he's our mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's our blessed hope. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Guys, it doesn't end who God is. It never ends. In Hebrews, He's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, it's the Lord that heals the sick. How many of you need healing today? How many of you need healing in your body? Lift your hands up to Jesus right now. Or hands. It says that he is the Lord that... Just leave your hands up. He's the Lord that heals the sick. So God, we thank you that you are our healer. We thank you that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives and dwells in us, God. So we receive your life. We receive your healing today by your stripes, Jesus. We thank you that we are healed. We receive healing today as children of God. In First and Second Peter, he's the chief shepherd. First, second, third John, it is Jesus who has the tenderness of love. In Jude, the Lord's coming with 10,000 saints. In Revelation... Guys, he's the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. And it says in his word, and at his name, every knee will bow. Did you hear me? At his name, every knee will bow, and every tongue will cry out that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory. Hank knows it. He's saying it with me. To the glory of the Father. You know, the Bible says, talks about gathering together more and more, even so as the day approaches. When I walked in here this morning, this is what I was going to say earlier. I was like, wow, this jury isn't the MCA. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord reminded me. He said, you know, Jen, he said some people would do anything, would do anything to hear the word of God today. He said people are hiding 
People would starve for days just to hear the word of God. So when we're reading about who Jesus is, I don't take that for granted. Because I don't know about you, but there have been days where I have sat on the floor and cried out for this Jesus that we read about today. Because we need him. We need him. And the word says to come together even more and more as the day approaches. And why? Because we have to remind ourselves of who Christ is. We have to remind ourselves that we cannot get through life without him and without each other. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That word mouth comes from the word ruah, which is the spirit, the breath of God. We need his word. We need his breath. We need his life. We need one another. So I don't take this for granted. I woke up at 3.30 this morning praying in tongues and, and got the flu. I don't care. I care, but I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to worship God under, you know, imperfect, whatever we want to call perfect circumstances. It's like we've all become professional church people, you know? If we don't have the perfect lights, the perfect smoke, the perfect band, the perfect pitch, the perfect message, well, our churches won't grow. <laughs> but he's here. But he's here. He's here. And we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that we're two or more gathered in your name, Emmanuel, that you're here. And we thank you. We thank you for these opportunities. We thank you that we live in days of freedom. We thank you for our nation of Canada. And we stand on guard today and we take notice that we have been put in this country and in this land for such a time as this. We thank you for opportunities, God, to reach the broken and to feed the poor. We thank you, God, for opportunities to pray for righteousness in the streets. God, we thank you for arms and for feet that can do your work. We thank you for voices that can preach the good news. For hearts that are open, Lord God, to hear from you and to receive from you, God, that we could be used from you in this life that we've been given, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody want a copy of this? Lee put her hand up first, so I'm going to give it. It took a long time to write out. I have more of that. If you guys want more, I can email it to you. I can post it. I can put it on the Facebooks. <laughs> it's the 21st century. I'm really enjoying my friendship with Lillian. She's a special lady. And I thank God for you. I thank God for you. Open your Bibles to Matthew 1 today. Did I give you three uh, pages? No. Nope. I gave you wrong one. Thank you, friend. Switch. Switch. You got your, your place there in Matthew 1? I kind of rambled a bit in the spirit. Uh, go to 28, but I want to share something quick. I read a story this week, and the article was written by a preacher, and it was called, Your God is Too Big. 
But guess what? He was writing an article to try to convince us of why miracles don't happen. So instead of just saying, I don't know, you know, I don't know why, but his mercy endures forever. I don't know why, but I'm going to believe God to the end. He starts dumbing God down and saying, well, you've just made God too big. That's why your God doesn't work for you. So I'm posting about this on my Insta story the other night. Something just like rose up in me. I'm like, fake news, fake news. And then I thought, you know what, Uche, you're right. Our God, Uche, is too big. And he is too wonderful, and he is too marvelous and too miraculous, Jill, that I can't contain it. That I can't contain it. You're right. You know what? You got it right. You just got it right the wrong way. He is too big. Our God has created a world framed by his words. And the universe, for all you science geeks out there, you would know this, is expanding at a rate of 73 kilometers per second. Did you hear me? The universe right now, it's already in the few seconds that I've talked to you, it's already expanded hundreds of kilometers. And our God is too big. And I want to remind you today that whether you're on the valley, guys, on, in, whether you're in the valley, whether you're on the mountaintop, or whether you're in the in-between, Guess what? He's still God. Kim? He's still God. He's not smaller when, he, when we're in the valley. I think for some of us who don't understand maybe the purpose of the valley or using the valley for good is that we think that there's something wrong when we go through a valley. Who's been through valley season in their life? Come on, guys. Well, whoever hasn't, <laughs> stand up. <laughs> no. Jake said last week, but even though, I want to say yay, though, I have the King James Version forever branded in my ACE heart from Christian school. And yay, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. See, that was written. It didn't say, like, maybe when I walk through the valley said, even though it's going to come, guys. And guess what? I wrote in my Insta story, and I actually want to read this. Is that okay if I just look at my phone for a sec? This is the second part of my story that I wrote. I was talking about a theology of suffering. I'm not going to talk about that today. But I said, yes, there is a theology of suffering that must be taught, and probably taught better than it has been. Because, guys, we need to suffer. We need to suffer because that's the place where I have become more like him in those seasons. But I just said he's the God of the valley, the mountaintop, and the in-between. Every season, friends, has its purpose. Dwell where he's placed you. Did you hear me? Dwell. I'm not saying get out. You're like, what is she preaching today? Dwell where he's placed you. A valley season doesn't mean he's a small God. For I've learned just how wonderful and big he is by being there. Did you hear me? So I wanted to read that because it's just the way it was worded. A valley season doesn't mean 
He's a small God, Cam. For I've learned just how wonderful and how big he is by being there. See, a lot of us in life, well, all of us, we're, we're wired to not want pain. Of course we are. <laughs> Ouch, it hurts. Okay, something's wrong. I want to get out of here. I don't like this season, God. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then you're running this way. And you're trying to go that way. You're trying to move here. You're trying to move there. I remember in Victoria, I went through a season of um, every week I'd get a prophetic word that I felt like I was supposed to share with the church. And some of you will relate to that here in this church culture. And every year or every week, God would give me this word. And then he would tell me, but you can't share it. <laughs> he always likes to trick me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And like after about six months of this, I was getting a little frustrated, not going to lie. I'm like, God, why do you keep doing this to me? You want to know what he said to me? He said, because I can't trust you, with, trust you with yes until you've learned to hear no. He said, and now I can trust you with yes. And I don't know if you're seeing the parallelism. I hope you do with the valley season. Don't try to get out of it. Don't try to get out of it. I am not saying that God will cause everything bad to happen to you in your life, okay? I don't believe that. But I do know that God will turn around things for good. But I'm talking about seasons like Jesus was led into the wilderness by who? Come on, guys. Who was Jesus led into the wilderness by? The Holy Spirit. And what did Jesus come out of the wilderness in? What did he come out of the wilderness in? The power of the Holy Spirit. So I know that in the valley... I have seen just how big and how wonderful he is. And I felt like that was maybe a small word for some of you here to dwell. To dwell and to grow in the place that he's placed you. Because he is Emmanuel, God with you. And he sees you. A God that formed you before you were born, fashioned and knit you in your mother's womb. You think that he suddenly doesn't see you today? Sometimes we got to like have people talk us like into some realities here. Of course he sees you. He is the God that hears and sees. But he's also trying to teach us can I to trust him? No, you got to lean on me. You got to trust me. You need to get to know me a little bit better. You need to get to know my word. Because I know that if everything in life is easy, you're not going to lean into me because you're not going to need me. True? True. And God will always be putting us in seasons to remind us that we need him. That we need him. John 15, apart from him, we can do nothing. And I have already preached a full message and I haven't even started. Matthew 1, 23. It's dark, but I will try. I'm going to start in 18. Is that okay? Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Whether his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she, did, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, say behold. behold. 
Could you imagine that? And behold, <laughs> behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Would that creep you out a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Say, from the Holy Spirit. She, okay. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Say, Jesus. Do you know what Jesus means, his name? Anointed one. Say, anointed one. For he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, say behold. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name. And we have that here now, right? Uh, Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And that is literally what Emmanuel means, God with us. Have you ever noticed that Emmanuel is sometimes spelled with an I and sometimes with an E? Have you ever wondered why? Okay, so I is the Hebrew spelling. Okay, just to teach you some things. Uh, Emmanuel. So this scripture was first quoted in Isaiah 7, 14, or 7, uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, 700 years before Matthew. 700 years. You see, God is always going to fulfill his word towards you, church. Did you hear me? God is always going to fulfill his word towards you, even if it takes 700 years. And you're like, well, I won't be alive in 700 years. Thank you very much for encouraging me, Pastor Jen. That was a very great message. <laughs> Let's put it into context. But God is faithful to his word. The Bible says that he will hasten his word to perform it. And God will do anything anything to do what he has to do to perform his word. So in the Old Testament, what did we, so Emmanuel means God with us. So we are in a season of Advent. If we want to say Advent means the arrival. So if you're, if you're hearing all these words around everywhere and you're like, I don't know what they mean, just ask or Google it. But we're in a season of Advent, the arrival. And it's a season of wonder. And, and for children, it's like this season of like awe, and it's exciting. Like I saw a picture the other day, and it was like this child. I don't know if it was staged, but I was buying it. I liked it. It was so cute. I just like stared at it. I was like, aw, like so cute. But just staring at this Christmas tree. And I just thought, like, God, that's how we look at you. Like if, if we're like, oh, you know, just a season of awe. He's, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us, friends. And he's here. And 700 years later, he'll find you. He'll find you. He'll find your great-grandchildren. Because we need to think that way. Your great-great-grandchildren. Your great-great-great-great-grandchildren. And he'll find you through them to hasten his word to perform it. But in the Old Testament, God's presence was with his uh, people Israel in the tabernacle, in the Ark of the Covenant. We can see that God was with them in ways of he parted the Red Sea. We can see him in his ways of Daniel in the lion's den. We can see him in ways of Daniel or the fiery furnace. We can see God move in powerful ways like the sun stood. Still, you see, God's always been with us, and he always will be with us. You could see, if you write this down if you're taking notes today, because if you don't know this story, 
I think it'd be great if you read this this week, and we're not going to read it today, but in 2 Samuel 6.11, talks about a man named Obed-Edom, and I think we should do a message on the house of Obed-Edom, because when the Ark of the Covenant stayed at Obed-Edom's house for three months, guess what happened? It said in the word of God that his entire family and his household was blessed. Say blessed. See, it's one thing to know that God is for you. And it's one thing to know that God is with you. But when God is with you, see the difference? You're going to be blessed. Jill, you're going to be blessed. Because he's with you. And we're going to go through six points of how to really just not know. And this is what the Lord spoke to me today. He said, you know, Jen, he said, I don't want them to know. Just know that I'm with them. He said, I want you to tell them today to position themselves to be with me. Did you hear that? He said that to me to tell you. He said, I don't want you to just tell them that I'm with them. I want you to tell them to begin positioning themselves to be with me. I don't know if you got that yet. Do you get that? See, it's one thing to know that it's raining outside. It's another whole, and that's real. It's another whole thing to stand out in the rain and to experience it and have it come saturate self on me. You see, when the Ark of the Covenant was, was in Obed-Edom's house, it was with them. It was with them. So when God is with us, his anointing is with us. His favor is upon you. His blessing is upon you. His joy unspeakable joy is with you his healingly is on you and upon you and in your household when God is with us so when God says things like tell them to position themselves to be with me I listen to that because he's Emmanuel he's God with us and he's a God that wants to fulfill all things how can we remind ourselves to position ourselves that God is with us. And I have six simple points. First one's kind of obvious, but it's something that we need to hear every day. And I thank God for simple Bible songs. They don't make them like they used to. Can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Sounds like something my dad said to me. Don't make them like they used to. You know my dad used to tell me that when I would drive? No word of a lie. I swear they bought the ugliest cars until I moved out of the house. It's not true. We really were poor. We, were, we really didn't have a lot of money. And on that note, and I was going to share this, just edit this. Mowick Gardens, across the street, you know that townhouse complex? We lived there when we first moved back from Ontario, and it was not a nice place. And our family had nothing. And my parents, I probably on their credit cards, bought us all water beds. We had nothing. My brother had just died. We had just moved from Maple Ridge to Ontario, back to here. It's like you're 11 years old, and you're like, what is happening? And my dad would drive me around Abbotsford to brand new houses. And he'd say, we're going to live in one of these one day. Because that's what a father does. Gives his children hope. Gives his children hope. But how can we remind ourselves and to know and position ourselves that God is with us? Friends, we have to read our Bibles. But not just read your Bible leaf, 
we have to learn how to be students of the word of God. We need to, we need to understand the difference between Greek and Hebrew. I should say Hebrew and Greek, actually, if I want to talk about it chronologically correct. We need to know those things so that we can, as children of God, be digging deeper into the word of God. Because like I said before, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And just like we were talking about how hope is the anchor of our soul, the word of God is like an anchor. So when you're going through stuff like the valley, Amanda, when you're going through something like the valley, when we have the word of God inside of our heart, guess what's going to come up when we're going through that season? The valley. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, we, a lot of us are familiar with that. What was coming out of Jesus' heart back to the enemy? Yeah, totally. It was the word of God. We have to read and we have to study our Bibles. Write this down, Joshua 1, 8 to 9. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from you, but you shall meditate on it day and night. It talks about how when we meditate on it day and night, we will, we will have good success. Number two. We pray. Bible says in Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. This is a season where we must be men and women, boys and girls. We must be households of prayer. Be quick to grab one another and put your arm around someone and say, hey, can I pray for you? If you see someone who's sad, don't just put your hand on them and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's good. You want to show compassion, but don't just like, if God tells you to pray for them, Pray, they need that. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. You are a conduit of the power of God. Pray. Number three, we serve. Say we serve. serve. Say we serve. serve. We serve everywhere that we go. I was thinking about this word serve. And I was thinking, I cannot remember a time. I don't know if I'm unusual. Who has a passion in here for the house of God? You just have like a zeal. Yeah. I know Uche does, for sure. Who, everyone put your hand up. You just have like this, like, passion. Yes. This passion. I can remember just from a young age. And it, well, it just, it Maple Ridge, like I would sit under the pews on Sunday nights. And it was just like this passion that was in the house of God just was imparted to me. And I just had this passion to just be like, God, whatever you want to do, like, I will do it. I will do it for you. And it's not a burnout culture, but it's, it says in here, don't have the reference here, guys, sorry, but I'll read the scripture. As for you, my son Solomon, know that the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart, say loyal heart, and with a willing mind, say willing minds. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will cast you. But it says he will be found by you. When we serve, we really sense that God is with us. Because I don't know if you can relate to this, but when I'm doing what God's called me to do on this planet, Lil, don't you just feel close to him? Do you? Yeah, I do. I never feel closer to God, even when I'm just serving my family in the house. I think, that, I think my family's wondering what's happened to me this Christmas. Yeah, Jake's like... It's like Christmas cheer is in me. It's kind of weird. Usually, Just to clarify. Okay. Just to clarify so you understand. Jen, for like the last 15 years, has been the Christmas Grinch. 
She, when Christmas shows up, she's already fussing and complaining about it. She can't wait for Christmas to come and go and be done, pack up. Something has happened this year where Jen has, like, decorated the house and, like, Christmas music is playing all the time, and she's excited about it, and she, like, has already bought Christmas presents. She's ready to go, and she wants to go and, like, look at lights and go, like, let's experience Christmas. It's a whole new gen, so. I don't know, man. I feel like we should sing a Christmas song or something. But when I serve my family this Christmas, I just feel like, just like the presence of God is in the home. I just like, wow, what an honor to bake cookies for my family. <laughs> like, it's like, what? I feel like the Grinch a little bit. <laughs> what is happening to me? But it's just moments as I serve that it's just like when you're doing what you were created for in women, Wives, mothers, our highest calling is to be children of God, daughters of the Lord. But it's to, it's to serve our families and serve our homes. It starts with the home, and it's a place of blessing. And I know that he's with me, and he's in our home when I'm doing that, because I'm, I'm able now to establish godly order in our home. Number four, we live by faith. Please write that one down. We're living in a day and age where I just, I just feel like, like what I was saying, it's just like we're doing church, you know. I'm, I like cool stuff. I'm not against that. I'll be dancing at all the Young and Free concert coming up in April with the best of them. I love it. I love it all. But we must be living by faith in this season. We can't just let things go by. Just like Lee was in the hospital yesterday with Isaiah. We have to have that. You know that old song, Keep the Switch of Faith Turned On? You don't remember that song? Does anyone know that song? Cast not away your confidence. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Okay, maybe Jesus showed me that song. (laughs) We're singing it next week. Woo! God is with me. We got to live by faith. We got to live by faith. Do you hear me? We got to live by faith. We got to be men and women who live by faith. Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to what? Please God. And then what does it say? But he who comes to God must believe that he and he are rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then I, I was writing about this, I think, a couple of years ago on Facebook. And someone's like, well, you don't need God's approval. And I'm like, okay, that's not what it's saying. <laughs> We've already been approved by God. We know that. But there are things that please God. Did you hear me? There are things that please, please God. Faith pleases God. And he is calling us to be men and women of faith. Number five, we surrender. Luke 22, 42, we know it well. It's Jesus in the garden. He's saying, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Number six, we dwell in community. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Psalm 118.7 says, the Lord is for me among those who are around me. How can we know that God is with us? We know that God is with us when we're in a company, in a community like this. Because when you're in the hospital with your son... Or you're somewhere where you need a friend that needs to pray, you can text them, and they're like, hey, we're praying. Hey, can I put that on the church Facebook page? Oh, yeah, you're going to do that. 
And then we know that we're not alone because God put us here for a reason. And that was to come alongside one another. Cam, can you come up here? That was to come alongside one another and encourage one another and to be there for one another and to pray for one another. That is a huge way how we can know that God is with us. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.